Um, so we do look for, you know, what's a, what would work on a tile, what's a quote, what's a teachable lesson, where's one of, you know, what's one of my rant phrases, you know, what are questions that I'm asking, what questions does the audience need to be asked to be able to see the perspective of this. This episode is brought to you by School of Influence, my online training program, Learn How to Become a Credible Influential Voice in Your Industry. Go to schooloninfluence.co. Welcome to Reputation Revolution. This is the podcast where we help individuals like you to establish your voice in the marketplace, enhance the credibility of that voice, extend the reach of your story and your message, and finally, extract value from your efforts in building a meaningful personal brand that's both recognized and respected. Now, on with the show. Alrighty, welcome back to the Reputation Revolution. Great to have your company. My name is Trevor Young, and today we're going to be talking to Sally A. Curtis. She is a content repurposing specialist and also a marketing strategist, and she works for speakers, entrepreneurs, uh, thought leaders, coaches, consultants, authors. Did I say that? Authors and speakers. There's a lot. And then often they're all joined up somewhere along the line, and we'll get her to unpack all that for her for us today, but we're going deep, deep, deep into content today. Sally A. Curtis, <laughs> welcome to the show. What were you doing 10 years ago? Thank you. Well, I love that question because that caused me a pause point when you first said you were going to ask me that question, so thank you. So 10 years ago, I had, um, I'll go back a little bit further than 10 years ago, So when I because I'm 53 now, so I was 43 then, but when I was 40, I thought I had grown up. And I'm now 50-something and I've realised that I've only just grown up and grown into what I was meant to be doing. So 10 years ago, I was well and truly still and still to this day uh, being entrenched in the speaking and personal development arenas. Mm -hmm. And I was just transitioning out of being the bums on seats girl that used to put bums on seats in everybody else's training uh, rooms. That was my role, was a freelance business development person finding joint ventures, uh, finding people with lists, uh, helping them fill the room, etc. And I actually I stumbled across uh, some things that enabled that to work very fluidly and I thought everybody did it. Um, apparently they didn't. Um, and then I decided to start doing it for myself. So I actually, st- 10 years ago, I was um, creating my own monthly meetup events and running meetups and uh, educating and training speeches, coaches and consultants. Well, given the the couple of last couple of years we've had, it's probably pretty lucky now you've moved more online than the the yeah. physical thing. But you know, life goes on; people continue to speak. So you've been really yeah. working with speakers then, and you know, thought leaders and often authors of speakers as well um, yeah. for quite a long time now. Yeah, very much so. Um, it's literally been my gig. I was a seminar uh, junkie, if we go back more than 15, probably 20-something years, um, and I was the girl that used to go to all the events and loved the environment. Uh, I'm a lifelong learner, so I love learning, yeah. yep. um, but it was the environment, um, and I got to see both the I'm going to call them the good guys and the bad guys. The good guys that were there, they were there for their quest and their legacy to leave the place um, in a better a better, better state and the people in a better state. And then there was those that used to come into the 
you know, come into the state and uh, run off with your money into the sunset, never to be seen again. So I got to see both sides of it and really worked out who were the good guys and who were the bad guys, so to speak. Where for the good guys. Revolution is all about the credibility and the professionalism and the good guys. So we're in good company here. All righty. So I want to dig into, because we talk about content on this show pretty much every episode, and we've done 210, 12, whatever it is now, episodes, and content's probably mentioned in each one of them. Uh, we do often throw do the throwaway lines around repurposing your content and doing more with less. Um, but we're also, I don't think I've really gone deep into it for a very, very long time. So I thought it would be great because that's what you do. And you do it very well and you do it for other people as well. So you've got a a breadth of experience and depth of experience in that space. So we're going to talk about content repurposing um, in all its forms and go really unpack it. So it's, you know, and if people are wanting, you know, we're a, we're about thought leadership and and building an influential voice in the marketplace or in mm. your industry, and content has to play a, a key role in that because it's kind of like the fuel. So mm. when I when you talk to people about content repurposing, have you got a sort of a what's your philosophy on it? Let's kick off in that respect. Yeah. So my philosophy is that um, we all have I'm going to call them throwaway lines as well as gold with, written within our content that is very much the essence of us that demonstrates us in a very unique way, in a very personal way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe content repurposing is pulling out both of those elements. So a throwaway line to me is more often than not, it's the last sentence in a paragraph and it's the last few words. It's the afterthought that someone said that is their way of wrapping up something that they've, you know, they've pitched or voiced. But it's that little element where they just nail it and it's that compelling statement, that thing that nails where they're going and what their, uh, their quest is or what their pitch is. Um, And I often will pick those up and go, right, well, we'll just make that a title or we'll make that a tile or we'll turn that into a, you know, something graphic that catches people's attention because it's one of those often a throwaway line is when somebody's put their flag in the sand um, and others want to follow people that have got their flag in the sand or they want to, um, you know, that's how you find your tribe or your your crowd or your community. Um, so that's that throwaway line. And then there's that uh, demonstration of inner, your inner genius. You know, I work um, predominantly with leadership speakers, coaches and consultants. You know, there's lots of them, but they're all in leadership. Mm-hmm. But they all have their unique inner genius, their own spin, their own experience, that their own essence to bring to that around leadership. So that's how you bring that demonstration of you, your point of difference, your personality um, and your inspirations and aspirations to your community through that manner. Fantastic. And so content repurposing, let's have a quick discussion on let's unpack it because it can mean many, many things. Uh, I guess at its purest level it might be Um, if you're doing a blog post and maybe there's some quotes you pull out of that blog post or you can turn into some mini posts on LinkedIn 
uh, as well as the bigger piece. A blog post today, of course, could be 500 words or it can be, you know, thousands of words. Thousands um, of words. And some of the best ones are thousands of words, which then can then be broken up into bite-sized chunks. So yeah. we've got the written word. I mean, podcasting now, as we're, we're recording this as a podcast, but we've also got video as well. So, mm. gosh, out of a... Out of a you know a half an hour forty minute interview, uh, now you're going to put me on the spot. <laughs> do you do much of that? Do you break those down? How many videos on average do you think, or sound bites, do people yeah. uh, have across a, a podcast, for example? Yeah, cool, great question. Off, across a podcast, at least off a forty five minute one, you can probably get fifteen to twenty out of it. Yep. Easily. You're not going to count on what I do. I don't know. I, I'm going <laughs> to count myself too, just quietly. <laughs> um, out of an article, even if for us, even if it's only like five to let's say 700 uh, words, we'll usually get at least 15 tiles out of an article. Yep. A book, we can get two to 300. Yeah. Um, you know, three hours worth of Zoom video that's educational. I can get, you know, 32 videos out of them and I'm slinging numbers around. Yeah, but just to um, give people an idea of, you know, the breadth because so many people would do a webinar and they've never chopped it up. Yeah, exactly. And turning it into, uh, so my big thing is I love to see the written word and that's where the, the yeah. words and the gold jumps off the page of for course. me. Of so course. I turn things into transcriptions to be able to see it. But I'm just going to go back a step because, uh, if I may, and just sort of talk about how I first discovered repurposing but didn't realise I had, and it ties into that 45-minute uh, scenario. So my first experience was one of my coaches uh, challenging me by saying, for God's sake, Sally, you've got enough content for six books. Um, and I thought he was mad because clearly I like to talk and I'm not really a good writer. I, I don't enjoy writing like many of my clients do. Um, but, you know, he threw a challenge at me and apparently I'm competitive. don't know where that comes from. Um, and we, I took him up on it and utilised his network and his connections and we turned a 45-minute video presentation, so someone had recorded me, I had then gone on and done a two-hour workshop around this particular topic, which was business networking back in the day. This goes ties back into the 10, 10 years or so ago. Um, so we took that 45-minute um, video presentation and a training manual that was only about you know 30-odd pages that I used for the two-day training, and we turned that into two 100-page books. Mm. So the opposite of repurposing. So I repurposed it back the other, the, back that way. Whereas now I take people's books and re <laughs> repurpose them the other way. Is that content but purposing? Purposing, <laughs> apparently so. Yeah, there you go. But I didn't realise at the time that I had actually repurposed. It was only in the last few years when I was putting programs and training things that I went, "Oh my god, I actually repurposed," because at the time I just thought I was author. Mm. I just thought I'd authored um, and it was when um, but through that experience and the conversation and I can tell you the um, frustration and the, the ickiness because of all of that but that was a, it, it was a great process is that was how I actually found the gold nuggets because they were identifying the gold nuggets for me which would become the the quote in the chapter of a book and those sorts of yeah. things. So I saw the way they were pulling my stuff apart, but I didn't use it until eight years later. <laughs> um, so, 
you know. So, you know, it's been sort of four years I've been doing that, where I then started turning other people's books into content or their keynotes into something else, you know, and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah. So when you said you you had a presentation and then a two-hour workshop, a presentation being a keynote? Yeah, it was just a, a, yeah, a speech, a, a keynote presentation, yeah. yeah. And I think it's an easy place to start because some people are out blogging, some people are doing podcasts, some people are doing the occasional video or live streaming. Uh, but many people, uh, you know, who are leaders or execs or entrepreneurs, they have done um, public speaking and sometimes they will speak at a conference. And, you know, getting that filmed and then using that can be a fantastic you know, because people say, oh, I can't create enough content. Well, you've you've done the hard work of structuring a presentation that, and then getting ready to go up on stage and then you do it. That's a great time to to get that video uh, recorded and then, yeah. then split that up into 10, 15, 20 sound bites. And if it's reasonably evergreen, you've got them for the year. Absolutely, creating a library of content. So looking at that um, at that scenario, if you've done a video, on average, if you've done it like that, you've actually got a month's worth of content because mm. usually if you've done a presentation, there's usually three key points. Yep. So those three key points often have three more key points. So straight away, you know, you've got nine pieces of potential content. Yep. They're just around the main point pieces. Yep. Um, and, yeah, I could just keep going on and on. It's a really great example of the simplicity of it, and yet it's the golden opportunity. I reckon that most people are missing. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm, I miss it myself. I mean, I'm thinking about it all the time, and I will repurpose. Uh, yeah. But then, you know, I guess if you're doing a podcast, you're onto the next one as well. And sometimes Correct. you do you do need help to do it. But yeah. but the the critical thing is to embrace the idea and and to really. Um, you know, execute on some of it. Now, it might be okay uh, to go out and create a, a, a few videos um, mm. and then break them down even further or go, you know, really to have a, have a, I guess, to experiment a little bit with, um, you know, take some blog posts. And when you're talking about tiles, you're talking about maybe a quote on a, on a tile that's branded, uh, the right colours, and then the great thing with, say, a LinkedIn or a Twitter or Facebook or whatever, the tile stands out, got the mm. quote on it, and then you can have a bit of context in the post. Post as well. And we use a lot of, uh, within our tiles, uh, because we use Canva, um, I'm not one for holding clients hostage, so we always utilise and create the work that we do within their can Canva. So we also um, believe in the phrase that um, the image positions the client so we will use the right image to help the person that's scrolling uh, through the feed stop and identify themselves within the image so we do uh, use a lot of image as well as making sure obviously the, their content's very very well branded yeah. um, and obviously a couple of tiles um, pop together is very easily uh, on Canva turned into a video so then you've got little mini graphic videos so uh, and we do a lot of that so we'll mix and mi mix and match the library of tiles we've created and then turn them back into videos. So, yeah. you know. or or with LinkedIn, for example, you've got the you put up a what's I'm using air quotes now for the listeners, yeah. um, you know, a, a document which is really a slideshow that people slide through as well. So yeah. carousel. So it's the same sort of uh, same sort of idea. And I think it's you know these ideas that it's just words now. It's not just words. It's not just video. It's not just you know like it's we've got to have a multimedia mindset. 
Yep, a multimedia and a repeating message because we've all heard that we need to hear things through some of us more times. Um, so if you're repurposing your content and then you're using it in different formats, video, graphic tiles, mm -hmm. um, carousels on LinkedIn, um, you know, part of your social media post, you're actually repeating your message, which is giving you the credibility uh, and amplifying your visibility and the, the position where you've got that flag in the sand where, you know, yeah. you're really solidifying your position because you're repeating it in different ways so the listener um, can now choose to be ready to hear it yeah. um, because it's not about uh, uh, when we're ready, it's when our audience is ready. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think I, I use a phrase called strategic omnipresence and that mm. means, you know, we've heard the be everywhere type philosophy and it works for some people, Gary Vaynerchuk, for example, yeah. but he's got a huge team behind him. Correct. But for us mere mortals, you know, being everywhere is really difficult. You've got to be in the right places that work for you. But mm. when you do content repurposing like this and you maybe get needs, you know, a bit of uh, help from a virtual assistant or someone like yourself who can pull it together and, and get it out there. But the, yeah. the key here is that strategic omnipresence is appearing on the channels to the, or the audience that you want to be going to. So omnipresence sound like you're everywhere. You just need to be everywhere where they are. And, yeah. and it's that popping up all the time. I call them respectful reminders because mm. one of the hardest things to do today is to is to have get people's attention and to pop up on their radar because mm. there's so much noise out there and this mm. gives you a great way through repetition. Um, mm. And you might feel when you're putting them up there that, gosh, I'm over overkilling it but if they're they're really not everyone sees everything you put out yeah yeah and I think it's uh, by having that regularity you're able to help uh, educate inform and inspire uh, depending on which way you're doing it and people need those differences they need to be educated when they're ready to hear that message and they need to be inspired when they're having a crap day um, and then you really do become their well and all-rounded go-to person because yeah. you're actually helping them in all areas of their life um, one of the areas that I saw very very early on uh, when I was working with thought leaders was they would just go, I've got an event, I've got an event, I've got a program, I've got a program, and they wouldn't actually be educating and uh, enrolling and, you know, helping people have forward movement without them. They'd all be always be trying to sell to them. So I've done a really strong push with that, you know, let's let's educate your audience, let's inspire your audience, let's inform the audience, let's, you know, help them make sense of their world and just have that forward movement without you and um, that pays uh, dividends uh, in the long run with that I, visibility. I love that phrase. Help them make sense of their world. Provoke them, provoke thought maybe, mm. even, you know, inspire them to think bigger about a particular topic or issue. Um, yeah. The other thing is about books. You mentioned you do it with a book and that's probably uh, maybe one of the easiest things you can do because... Yeah. It's already structured, we hope, <laughs> by the time it's in book form. Uh, you know, there's quite a few people out there that are writing books now, or they might have an ebook that's a mini bit ebook, for example, which is still a great place to start. What do you look for when you're going through the book? Again, are you mainly around tiles, or then do you shoot any video to explain the the book or what, what's your scenario there? Um, so for me, when we, we go through, and I'm going to call it the extraction process, so that's us going through the book and um, identifying and or hunting and then identifying all of the opportunities. And for those that are watching, my hands are going because I'm flipping through the pages like a mad woman. Um, <laughs> so we do look for, you know, what's a, what would work on a tile, what's a quote, yep. what's a teachable lesson, 
where's one of, you know, what's one of my rant phrases? You know, what are questions that I'm asking? What questions does the audience need to be asked to be able to see the perspective of this? What are the stories that I've said within the book? Uh, what are the uh, stories that would support any of the tiles that I've just created uh, yeah. or thinking of creating? Um, and then one of the things that I'll often see in a book is a, I'm going to call it a repeatable phrase. So it's something that they use flippantly. So it's like it's a big word like marketing or it's a big word like influence but to, or leadership, but it means something specific to them. And often they'll be, unless they've really, really, really unpacked it and that's what their book's about, everyone will have one of these themes in there. So I'll go through and actually highlight, um, you know, the number of times that's used mm -hmm. and ask them, you know, in this instance, what do you mean here? Unpack it. So it's, you know, that to me is a video opportunity. You know, what if I was to ask you that question around what that means, explain that to me. Oh, nice. That becomes a really good, valuable um, video piece. So it's just, it's looking through different lenses when you look at your book, we get so close to it that we yeah. don't see it because by the time we've written it, we're actually bored to death by it. Um, and one of my uh, mentors said to me um, probably five years ago, Sally, the money is in the boring. <laughs> and I went, okay, but I'm sick of the boring. I want to go and chase the bright, shiny thing, the thing that's new and interesting to me, which we're not saying you don't do. Still continue to do that because we aspire and grow into that new information. But what the money in the boring phrase means is there's still clients that are earlier on in their journey that yeah. still need that content that you're bored with. Yeah, and that's how you continually bring new people into your marketing orbit or into your uh, community orbit. So the money is in the boring. So remember them and, asp uh, and, uh, and aspire to the ones, uh, the direction that you're going, but bring them along on their journey uh, with you because they might be a couple of years behind you. That's a really good point. I love that. I love that. And you're right because, you know, I'm going back to the well on some stuff that I've been writing for years and, in fact, it's probably more relevant today than when I was writing it years ago. It was probably pushing the boundary a bit. Now it's it's ripe. So I'm going yeah. back and just freshening it up and it's really, really resonating more than ever. So, uh, it, it, you know, that's – and, you know, we evolve with our thinking. So even if you're doing taking some older stuff, your message is evolving all the time. Um, and hopefully that keeps it fresh, but the the spirit of it, I guess, is the All the principles, it, it, yeah, and principles are the same. And um, and you know, we we touched on it earlier that if you know people need a long time to get your message through, when you're bored with your content, it might just start to be sneaking through. Um, yeah. So uh, you're right, you're spot on. It's your uh, your mentor, whoever said that, uh, that was spot on. Yeah. Um, now, I, I just want to sort of fly this idea past you because I'm just saying in a in a in an all-encompassing opportunity I reckon I'm seeing a big movement now to shows like mm -hmm. you know it's a, a show that you, you could put out day-to-day -day content and your social media stuff and all the things we're talking about and you could have a uh, you know an ebook or a sign you know some signature premium content or a um, you know, a set of videos, whatever. But I, I like the, I call a sub-branded media property, which is like Reputation Revolution, a podcast. Mm. Um, but it's, a, you know, things are becoming a show. And we're starting to see people now do a live show. Mm -hmm. uh, they bring in guests. 
They do it weekly or fortnightly. It goes up on multi-streamed across all channels. It becomes then video later that they can use. They can chop it up. They can uh, do all your tiles. Like you imagine all the things. you got the one hit from the live going across multi-streamed. Yeah. You can then break that if it's, you know, a half an hour, 45-minute show, as you are mentioning earlier, lots of video out of that, lots of quotes, lots of tiles. That's insane. In yeah. fact, probably too much content when you look at it. Yeah, um, and it, it, it certainly can be. And um, But in saying that, there's so much opportunity and what where if I come back to saying that, you know, you need to look for, for it through fresh eyes, um, and that's where I find the um, printing it out or getting the transcript, getting it yep. back to written form, that reduces the time spent because if you look at a video, uh, you get distracted by, you know, the mess in the corner or my hair wasn't quite right <laughs> or, you know, I wish oh, I ummed there and all that sort of stuff. Yep. But if you've got it in written, written form, you, you actually bypass all of that extra uh, brain noise. Yep. And you... It, it, and as a weird tip, if you've actually also transcribed it, but you actually look through it through sort of squinted eyes, so you're not you're not looking at it fully, you actually do change the lens and uh, the lens and the way you view it. So it actually then does help you see, particularly when you um, come to the come to it going. I'm looking for teachable moments. I'm looking for a quote. I'm looking for something you know simple. It actually helps you just see those bits jump off the page versus having to read through it. So yep. the process of repurposing is actually scanning. Yep. Yeah. And Not looking for sound school. bites. And as you say, I like teachable moments. I love that. I think that's yeah. that's 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 spot on. And I forgot, blogs. So live stream, videos, audios, for podcast, into a blog, into social tiles. And if you had the wherewithal to do it, you can outsource all of that. You can. And get masses of content. And I will just add there too, if you're, if you're doing a show, chances are you might be interviewing someone anyway. Mm. So it's not necessarily always about you. So if you think, I don't want to be seen to be out there pushing my own quotes all the time, you can push the quotes of your guests because you're yes. still curating that and yeah. you're, you know, you've helped to elicit those sound bites. Yeah, so I love that. All right. So we've unpacked content repurposing. There's a fair bit. Yeah. I'm, my head's buzzing. All right. So you have a you have a framework that you deal with people on with your clients. Um, are we allowed to go through that? That's the uh, let me say it's amplification, transformation, and profitize profitization. Now, when I heard you talked about profitization, I went and checked to see if that was a real word, and it is. Is it? Oh, damn it! I thought it was a silly word. Is that a real word? I can't say I've heard that. So um, it is used. It is used in the corporate sector. So there you go. Profitization. Why don't you? What is the? What do you call this framework? And do you want to walk us through those three steps? Yep. So usually when I work with clients, we're looking um, at the whole content piece. So all of the different things that we've uh, talked about today. So to me, when I think of amplification, it's what have you got that we can amplify. 
So the, the easiest thing there is uh, books and articles, so written stuff into content tiles or other and other elements or little videos on Canva and all those sorts of things. So what have you already got that's really relevant, that's part of your 90-day plan? Because usually if people have got a book or they're writing articles, they're usually using that to sell into something or promote something, either for the yep. 90 days or the 12 months. So how can you amplify your main overarching marketing strategy with these little bite-sized pieces, content pieces. So that's the amplification process. What have I got right now that's relevant, that I can turn from long form into bite-size, that I can amplify what I'm selling or what my goals are for the quarter or for the year? Then the transformation process. Effectively, Trevor, you've actually done... Um, that with the way that you've talked about the old content that you've now realized is very, very relevant. So you've just looked at some old stuff, you've evaluated it, you've reassessed uh, the relevance, and then you've been able to bring it back out to the market. So that's part of uh, transformation, which is revamping. The other part of transformation is when you identify that content is, you know, do I need to transform the imagery in it? Do I need to update the brand? Do I need to change the title? Um, what can I do that will help the audience position themselves within this piece of content, particularly if it's a visual piece? So that transformation piece is uh, we, we have... Um, a, a range of steps that we go through, you know, evaluating it for the, as it relates to the audience now, um, looking at the emotive side of it. Is that it? Do we need to look at the images? Does do the images position the viewer? Does it represent the right emotion or steps that we're wanting them to take? Um, and then looking at those other uh, other elements as well as it relates to the education, the inspire, and the transformation. And then the productization, which is where profitization comes in. So that's where I talk about, um, you know, that there's um, turning your existing content into new profits, and that's usually the bit where we really look at look at that. So um, coming back into the productization, if I got provide some examples that will help uh, create the context. So if I look at that 45-minute presentation that I uh, video that I did that had a training manual uh, with it, we turned that into a book. I did a similar example where we actually had a 45-minute presentation which I sliced and diced into videos and I had a training manual and I turned it into a product because I turned it into an online course somebody could buy and download. So that's where we've taken a current content piece that we're utilizing or have utilized in a different way and we've now turned it into a product, which is where we create additional income streams from. Um, so it's those uh, those elements, but it's also things like we were talking about earlier, it's some of those assets like your ebook, like your audits or your checklists or your staff checklists or your you know, your business um, documentation, all those sorts of elements, your community might find advantageous to see or know. Um, so that can become a product that you give away for free that helps you build your list. Yeah, for those, that, that's uh, example. One that I'm uh, just just about finished was, you know, would you like my, you know, top three uh, scripts that I've used on LinkedIn to bring in business in 2020? So, and then I'm just going to do a PDF with, you know, what, what, what scripts I use in the, you know, the basic conversation. 
that may be beneficial to some people in my audience. You know, it's all those simple things. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, once once they're on your email list, well, then you continue yeah. that conversation and build rapport and that trust over time, continuing to add value, and then when you've got something to sell that you can drop in a uh, call to yeah. actions um, along, the, along the way. And that's where the the, 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 the profitization comes in. So, But I, I like this because I think, you know, our, our world is, you know, we are digitising so many products, mm. the infrastructure there today, um, the amount of places to host your courses and build memberships and, and mm. all of those membership communities and, and you know, and, and then standalone products such as, you know, e-books or um, video series or even, you know, private audio um, feeds now. Um, uh, there are a couple of places now that, you know, you can create po- basically podcasts that people can get f- through Apple Podcasts, but no one else can get them. You have to subscribe and, and in, you can part- charge for that as well mm. if it's a uh, high-end value. So the infrastructure is there. It's just for people to open their mind and say, oh, I could package. It's about repackaging, isn't it? And, and But understanding that there's a, a, com- a potential commercial aspect and the, the sheer volume, uh, as I shared with you, and I, I will tell my client's uh, client story and then I'll share my story uh, from, you know, yesterday, was when I do my um, content repurposing masterclass, I say to people, you know, what, you know, how many USBs have you got sitting around that have got content from a few years ago? And this come, ties back into the monies in the boring. You know, if I look at my uh, cupboards in front of me, how much content have I got in there of courses that I've either started to create uh, or co-created or, um, you know, partially done stuff. There's all this, there's content everywhere. We just don't realise how much is there until somebody like me tips you out of your apple cart and sort of says, have you got, you've got this and you've got this and you've got this. Um, but sometimes even when you're an expert in this area, you don't actually see it for yourself because I was talking to one of my mentors and we were talking about commercialisation and we were talking about, you know, what free things could I give away to build lists and all those sorts of things. And I went, oh, no, I don't want to have to create more stuff. It's Christmas. Um, and I looked in one file on my computer and I came out with 17 assets that I've already created that I've probably created and used a couple of times but not used regularly. So even for myself, there was all yeah. these things that I could use straight away. So if I've got it and I don't like writing, remember that. I know that many people on the call um, and watching this later will have way more than I have. So I'm just, you know, that's just me tipping you out of your apple cart to say you've got it, you're surrounded by it. Yeah, that's terrific. Uh, I, I like it. I like it. Uh, the irony that you don't like writing but you love extracting the words from other people's work. Yeah. I think it ties into my personal development days where being that seminar junkie, I get to have a little mini seminar with every book that I look at and I get to do it at a fast pace so there's that absorption. So I think it ties into that for me. So there's lots of lessons here. Let's try and uh, summarise all this. But really, number one is, um, you know, if anyone's embarking on content and they're, they're whether it doesn't matter really what their owned media channels are, whether it's going to be blogging or writing uh, opinion pieces for someone else or got, getting a medium, uh, you know, you've got a publication on medium.com or a, a newsletter on Substack or a, you know, a, or a podcast or you're live streaming, it doesn't really matter. All of what you're doing can be, you know, and we're talking about leadership people here, people with IP, people who have got lessons learned and teachable moments. Um, 
I'm sure there's a hashtag and a T-shirt in Teachable Moments, all of those things, mm. you've got, you could just ramp, ramp up. You know, you've got the goods there. Uh, you've probably been sitting on it. It's probably in virtual cobwebs somewhere in the, on the interwebs. And, but you, you've got the assets there. Uh, it's a matter of, you know, getting someone like Sally to do it or even start small with yourself. If you do do uh, one blog post, chuck a couple of extra tiles out of it. Chuck not extra yeah. tiles, just tiles. <laughs> I reckon most people will promote the first thing that they do, the blog post, and then they won't follow up with anything small. So maybe it's a, some baby steps to, to kick off with um, just to see what it's what it's like and that you have got. And I, do you think that when people start thinking this way, they, they st- people become better, don't they? Leaders and writers and, and people on podcasts and that, speaking in or writing in or communicating in more sound bites and, and packaging yeah. their content, their sound bites a little better, even though they might not think they're doing it, they clearly are. Yeah, I, that's definitely and great. Uh, I hadn't actually realised uh, that for myself, but that's definitely uh, what's occurred for me. Even though I don't write very much, when I do write or when I'm looking at those content pieces, and ha- <laughs> instead of having one sentence that's really six sentences and should really be a paragraph, but Sally's written it so it's one great big long sentence, <laughs> I actually do write much more succinct and I do write much more now with dot points because it's easier to read so if you if you're writing with dot points or you've got into the habit of numbering things let me tell you dot points numbers or questions posed within content is a really great easy starting place for your bite-sized content pieces to create there you from. go content repurposing uh unpacked sally uh yes. thank you very much for your time um where can people find you? I know you're, you do a lot of work with people in Australia uh, and, and the US. Correct, yeah. yeah. So best place to find me is on uh, LinkedIn under Sally A. Curtis, which is why we expressed it as such because otherwise there's 25 of us, so Sally A. Curtis. And my website's www.sallyacurtis.bizbiz. Um, I'm always up for a conversation, always happy to help if you've got a what about this or if but questions, uh, just reach out, more than happy to have a conversation with people. Fantastic. Thanks very much. Got the the head buzzing. (laughs) (laughs) Great. The reputation economy is here. The world today needs more genuine, credible experts and leaders to stand up and share their experience, their wisdom, their stories and ideas. Are you in? 